Amen. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome to worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or this is your first time with us, whether you are worshiping at home or in person, it is a joy to be able to worship with all of you this day. If you are here in the sanctuary this morning, you will find a red friendship folder in your pew. We invite you to pick it up and sign it, fill out the information, so that way we can follow up with you after worship. We are glad to be able to see you this morning. You will notice that our sanctuary is prepared for this new Advent season, and we give thanks for all the volunteers and our property manager, Dave Sterling, who did a wonderful job cleaning and preparing our building for this Advent. And all of us have an opportunity to participate and prepare our hearts this Advent season. We have Advent packets and Advent devotionals that you can pick up in the Communication Center, which are a great way for us to be able to grow in faith and love together. Our theme this Advent season is home. How all of the ways God calls us in faith and as a church to come home and be home for the world. It's a great opportunity to grow in faith and love together this Advent season. On this first Sunday of Advent, we gather in hope. We recognize the longing of our hearts, the dreams that guide our days, the times where we witness Jesus calling us to new areas of our lives until the day when he comes in glory and we can be home and united with our Lord. So let us pray and sing and hope. Let us worship God together. We hope for a world where all are fed. We hope for a world with more bridges than walls. We hope for a world with wide open doors. We hope for a world with contagious laughter. We hope for a world where trees grow tall and creeks run clean. We hope for a world where all people feel at home, in their bodies, in the church, in their physical homes. We hope for that world. We long for that world. We are homesick for that world. So today, we light the candle of hope because hope keeps our hearts alive as we wait.
may this light be a reminder that the wait is always worth it. We are close to home. May we carry help, hope with us. Amen. Please join in singing one verse of He Came Down as it is printed in your bulletin. one be homesick for something you've never known? We are homesick for just world, for peace like rivers, for the end of suffering. Yes, we are homesick. For joy that is contagious, for nations that feel like neighbors, and for hospitals that run empty. We are homesick for the world God promises. We are homesick, but we are on our way. God is here. God is still creating. Let us worship, holy God. Please continue to stand and join us singing hymn number 93, Lift Up Your Heads, Ye Mighty Gates.
We come to God in this season of preparation to plead for the awakening and renewal of the conscience of the world. Let us begin by confessing our sin so that we might receive forgiveness and be open to transformation. Let us pray together the prayer of confession that's found in your bulletin, followed by a moment of silent confession. Gracious God, we find ourselves with two options every day, to stay homesick for the world you had in mind, or to allow cynicism to win. We, we hope against hope, or do we throw in the towel? Do we insist on a better world, or do we assume it's impossible? Forgive us for the days of our cynicism wins. Forgive us for the numbing our homesick hurt instead of using it to view a better world. Kindle in us a hope that won't let go. family of faith. Even when we throw in the towel, even when we give up on hope, God does not give up on us. We are loved. We are claimed. We are invited closer to God's home. So hear and trust this good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Prince of Peace is coming nigh, and as we are reconciled with him, let us also share that peace with one another. As been our custom recently, we are using that, doing that through the use of American Sign Language. So the peace of Christ be with you, and also with you. The peace of Christ be with you. Share it with one another. Peace of Christ. As we approach a time now for the hearing of scripture, let us prepare our hearts and minds in prayer. God of the stars and God of our hearts, our days will pass, but your words will last. 
The earth might fade, but your words will last. Our memories might blur, but your words will last. The grass will wither, but your words will last. So as we listen today, help us to hold on to what will last. Help us hold on to you. Gratefully, we pray. Amen. Our first scripture comes from 1 Thessalonians 3, 9 through 13. Together, let us listen for the word of the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel before our God because of you? Night and day, we pray most earnestly that we may see you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. friends forward for a time for young disciples. Come on up. Good morning. 
vouchers. Hello. Have a seat. Quack. It's good to see you. Come on. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Is that Rafaela coming too? Come on up. Well, thank you for being here and coming all the way up. It is good to see all of you. Hello, Rafaela. Good morning. Well, normally I have a different bag this morning, but I, I have a white one today. And the reason why I have this one is because it's the first Sunday of Advent. Yes, do you know what Advent is? Advent is the season, it's four weeks, it's four Sundays that lead up to Christmas. It's the season where we wait for Jesus, the light of the world, to come into our lives, the, the time that we remember that at Christmas. And so to help us wait, to help us prepare, mm -hmm. the church has provided these very handy bags for us that have all kinds of things to help us wait. And so there's particular ones for children that have chil uh, families with children that have this little image here. So you know that one's yours. And we can see what's in this bag. Let's see. What do you think is in here? We have some... We have a card here. There's a nice little greeting card. Yeah, you see that? A place for you to be able to write something to a church member that, that maybe you don't know as well to get us to meet one another. There's a, a candle here that you can put maybe at your dinner table or an Advent wreath. So that way you can light this candle and remember that Jesus, the light of Christ, is coming and that there is no darkness as dark as the brightness of God. Yes, there is a nice mission project in this bag. and it, it directs us to the Christmas angel tree out in the communication center where we can get some items for folks who come to our food center, some much-needed items, folks who are needy. Yes, and then one of the things, the big thing that I wanted to share with you this morning, there's a Advent devotional for your parents. That's very nice. And then there's also a nice, what do you think this is? It's a map. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a map of a house that has many different rooms. Do you see that? And these rooms have numbers on them. And the numbers are, they associate with the days of Advent. So you start at one, and then you go all the way to 25. And so, that's right. There's five is right there. Five, number five is right there. And on each day in each room, there's something that you can do to help yourself prepare for Christmas. To help yourself prepare for Jesus coming. And to make sure that we're on the right day, there is a magnet craft for our families. Yes, there's a magnet nativity scene. And then you can move the magnets for each day on the map, for each room, to help us keep track. And so I'm really curious to hear what you find. I'm really curious to see how the, the craft goes and to see pictures of, of it in your house, maybe on your fridge or on your bulletin board, as we all grow in faith together. That's right. It's a fun bag. I hope you get one out in the communication center. All right. All right. Well, do you think we can do that this Advent? Yes. All right, let us pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you for sending us Jesus. 
And we pray that you help us grow in love and faith this Advent. Amen. Well, it's great to see you, young friends. And I hope you have fun with Mr. Carpenter in the back for time for music. Or you can head back to your seats, okay? All right, I'll see you later. Our second reading this morning comes from Luke's Gospel, the 21st chapter, verses 25 through 36. We hear the words of Jesus teaching his disciples. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable. Look at the fig tree and all of the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you seen the apocalypse? I think we have misplaced the apocalypse somewhere. I think we lost the apocalypse somewhere along the road from Paul writing letters in Asia to pastors preaching in America. I think we have misplaced the apocalypse somewhere. I hear of distant rumors that some folks in other churches think they have found the apocalypse. 
They mentioned something about wrath and judgment and people leaving behind shoes. I was told I can turn on my TV and see images of the apocalypse. Aliens taking over the world and zombies on every other channel. I was told that there are even some chapters in my history book about the apocalypse. They mention names like Nostradamus and Y2K. So the apocalypse must be out there somewhere. But I can't seem to find it. I can't find the apocalypse in the churches that I have been to. I know there are many rituals and beliefs that have rolled off the wagon of Christian history and have been left on the side of the road. But it is the apocalypse that seems to be the topic we would rather run away the fastest from. Because I have a feeling that I am not the only one not wanting to talk about or think about, or feel about the apocalypse. I have a feeling that when we showed up to church on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, we were not excited to see a healthy serving of apocalypse in our scripture passage from Luke. I have this feeling because no one really likes to talk about ends. No one likes to think about this age, or this world, or this life ending. And this is especially the case because there are a lot of people out there in the world that think they have found the apocalypse. They describe the apocalypse to you in detail. They give it to you as a description, or better yet, a prescription of what will happen in the future. What will happen at the end? Hollywood has translated the word apocalypse into pictures of UFOs and zombies. Some churches have translated the word apocalypse into feelings of guilt or judgment. But the word apocalypse has nothing to do with zombies or sudden departures. The word apocalypse does not even mean destruction or death. The word apocalypse simply means revelation. Revelation. We turn to revelation when something is beyond our grasp. We turn to revelation when we move out of the realm of knowing what is and enter into the space of believing what can be. We turn to revelation when we think about the end because we don't know what is going to happen. Revelation is not a script for a TV show or a letter written in stone. It is a vision, a kind of blurry vision to our human eyes, but speaks directly to our longing hearts. A vision that creates room for the images painted by God, for dreams of the divine. 
a God's will be done in picture form. An apocalypse of hope. And that is exactly where we find our text for this morning. It has been a long time since the first century where these words of Jesus would have been fresh in the ears of early Christians. The apocalypse or revelation in our text for this morning would have been recounted around a church table. Maybe after prayers and a shared meal in a house church. And a young person in the crowd might ask, what was it like being with Jesus? And you could see Cousin Cephas perk up at the thought of the question. You could notice Aunt Lydia smile as she pondered the first encounter she had with her Lord. You could sense the energy shift, the house feeling lighter, the people becoming brighter, as those who were with Jesus would reminisce about the impact that he had on their lives. Hey, John, do you remember when he healed your mother? Salome, tell them about how he ate at your dinner table in Galilee. Have you ever heard the story of him feeding the 5,000? But then, the young person in the crowd would ask, So, when is he coming back? And something would change. A subtle melancholy would hush over the crowd. Brows would furrow just a little. Shoulders would sink just a bit. For simultaneously, the early church would remember that Jesus was not there any longer, at least in the way they knew him before. They would look down at their calloused hands and be reminded of the hard labor they worked in the fields last harvest during a famine. They would feel the scars on their backs from the public whipping they received from the Roman legionary. They would heave a small sigh, and deep in their heart they would know the longing of their Lord. Just imagine what it would be like to live in the time of Jesus and then have outlived him. But yet, in the midst of the great longing made manifest in the room, someone in the crowd could be heard speaking the words from a distant corner, speaking the words of Jesus. They will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Standing up, raising your heads, power, glory, redemption, freedom. That apocalypse 
does not look like the destruction and death we see on TV or the guilt and judgment we hear in other churches. Instead, that apocalypse sounds something like good news and new life. That apocalypse sounds like something worth hoping for. The early church knew much of the description we hear in our text for this morning. At least the descriptions that are often talked about or make us feel uncomfortable. The early church knew the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem. The early church knew of the persecution of Rome. The early church knew of the famine, flood, and a disaster. So the apocalypse, the divine revelation to them, was not the distress among nations or the roaring of the sea and the waves. It was not the fear and foreboding in the face of great power. Instead, those descriptions, those experiences were lived events. They were facts on their ground. The apocalypse, the revelation for the early church, was that no longer would Rome be the cosmic force in their lives. No longer would they have to stand before their governor. No longer would they have to be forced to till the ground in famine or be ostracized by their community. Instead, one day... One day, they would be free. They would live in the glory of God. One day, Jesus would come back. And that day would not be feared, but rejoiced. That vision would not be mourned, but longed for. That apocalypse would not inspire dread, but hope. I found hope in Jordan once. I lived in the country of Jordan for two months as a student. Jordan is a predominantly Arab and Muslim country to the east of Israel and nestled in between Iraq, Saudi Arabia, and Syria. The first thing that I noticed about Jordan was the landscape. It kind of felt like landing on the moon. But instead of seeing gray craters and black space, I saw brown buildings and yellow sky and sand everywhere. And even though I loved Jordan, I love Jordan to this day. It is safe to say that I was far away from the green hills of Pennsylvania and our familiar stone architecture. I was far away from home. And while I was far away from home, it, I did not feel homesick until I was about halfway into the trip. I received news that my grandmother, the matriarch of the family, had been diagnosed with cancer. I can remember exactly where I was, staying in a hotel off of the coast of the Dead Sea. 
It was nighttime, and my little flip phone had an unexpected voicemail registered on its screen. As I listened to my mom tell me the news, it was like I was transported immediately to a different place. I could hear the sound of waves, but my heart was back at home worrying about my brothers and concerned about how my mom was dealing with everything. My head raced through the checklist of how I could possibly get back home being halfway around the world. I eventually got in touch with my mom and she and the rest of my family in the background convinced me to stay on through the rest of the trip. I reluctantly agreed and went through the motions until I could head back home. But my heart was still in Pennsylvania. One Saturday afternoon, I came back to my apartment to find a group of newly found friends who were in the same study abroad program. One of them shared with the rest of the group that my grandmother was sick and how I wished desperately to go back home. They thought that they would cheer me up by bringing some of home to Jordan. But the only items they could find in the desert of Jordan were grilled cheese and Forrest Gump. I will tell you, though, that grilled cheese tasted a lot like love. And Forrest Gump, surprisingly, sounded like a psalm of comfort. It wasn't much about the details. It was more about the act, the vision. The vision of people coming together, people who are not family, but they do what family does. Somebody being there for you in your time of need, making and baking you things, enjoying one another, communicating love and support by showing up and walking with you on your journey until you can find your next destination. Kind of like a church, a people and a place that reminds you that one day you will be whole and one with your people that you love, even if that day does not feel like today. I will never forget what those people did for me. It didn't look like much, but they gave me hope. Hope at a time when I felt like I had none. I was longing to be back home with my family with no idea of what it was going to be, be like when I got there. But through this little meal, I was reminded just enough of what was good until I could feel that way on my own again. Like the early church, we are all longing for something. The early Christians believed that their longing would be met with glory and power and freedom. That one day at the end, Jesus would be with them again. And this longing inspired hope. Hope for justice. Hope for restoration. Hope for healing. And if we let ourselves, our longing can turn into a vision, a revelation of the end. 
an apocalypse of hope. So I think it is time that we muster up the courage and go to the lost and found and reclaim what we call the apocalypse. Because we all need to find it. That revelation. That vision of the end. The future. A future of glory and power and freedom. Where one day we are united with what is timeless, with what is eternal, with what is good and loving. That one day we will be home with our God and our Christ and all that that means. So let it be so. Amen. Let us continue to praise God for that hope. Let us stand as we are able and sing together hymn number 82, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Christ in this world, 
let us state what we believe. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. Jesus proclaimed the reign of God, preaching good news to the poor and release to the captives, teaching by word and deed, and blessing the children, healing the sick, and binding up the brokenhearted, eating with outcasts, forgiving sinners, and calling all to repent and believe the gospel. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all peoples to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of peoples long silenced, and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives, even as we watch for God's new heaven and new earth, praying, Come, Lord Jesus. Please be seated. Let us come unto God in prayer. Taking this moment to glorify God and acknowledging that God hears our prayers and is present for us. Let us pray. The eyes of all things do look up and trust in you, O Lord. We give you thanks for holidays, for the sharing of the bounty that you give to us in due season. You have opened your hand and filled everything living with your good blessing. Lord God, bless us and all the gifts and skills and imagination and revelation which we receive from your bountiful kindness. Too long have countless people been lonely, hungry, loveless, fearful, and disinherited by us or even by their own. We pray, O oh God, that you raise up witnesses among us who know and love the scriptures who love the story of the Christian church and the amazing record of good and miraculous works done in the name of Jesus, whose coming we expect and await. O Lamb of God, whose calling was to cleanse us from our sin, make us pure and holy. Make this season a time for us to see who we are as we stand again beside the Christ child. Meet us, meet us at this time and help us to resolve to love what is right and good. 
Help us again to point the way so that the people of the world may see you. May they stare at the works done in your name and be compelled to scatter the seed of reconciliation and goodwill across our quarrelsome planet. As we are gathered here this day, O oh God, into your hand we commit our frail, ill, sad, and bewildered people. Make this Advent a time for all of us to draw closer to you. Occupy our hearts and our homes, and may your honor dwell in them both. We pray through him who is our faith, our hope, our joy, our peace, and teaches us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Freely we have received much from God, without cause or condition, because God loves us. Even though we own much, and often say that, we own, that all that we own is mine, our ability to gather and to hold on to what we have in themselves are gifts from God. So with thanksgiving for our gifts, let us bring those gifts to our God for the love that God has already shown to us. Will the ushers please come forward to receive our offerings of praise.
Let us pray. In the scriptures, O God, you have told us that our life does not consist in abundance of things we possess. Help us to see that when we strive for more and more, we miss the life that is real. Change us, Lord, and grant that in the giving of our gifts and of ourselves, we may find that abundant life in you that even death cannot take away. Bless all these gifts this day, O God, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us continue to give God glory by singing together hymn number 687, Our God, Our Help in Ages Past. Beloved church, let us find our apocalypse of hope, God's revelation of goodness that will guide our days until we are reunited and home once again. And as we go, may the hope of Jesus Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm, 
May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again to this community. And all God's people said,